0: And now, Girls in Hoodies. Hello, and welcome to Girls in Hoodies. My name is Emily Yoshida. I'm an editor at Grantland.com, and with me is... Molly Lambert, a writer at Grantland. Um, we want to start off with some true detective news. <laughs> some real true detective news. After so many rumors, um, we uh, I would say we're pretty invested in the in the outcome or the fate of the second season. We'll be watching it. I mean, we'll definitely be watching it, but it's weird it, it is weird to think that it is going to be essentially a completely new show. I and feel like it'll be like The
1: Wire season 2. It'll be divisive. People who like it will like it better and be there'll be a whole contrarian faction of like this is the the best season. Yeah.
0: I mean, I like The Wire season 2 a lot actually. I mean, The thing that for me that's like, a—I mean, I, I, of course, will watch it and I'll go in with an open mind and everything. But I think the thing that's like slightly troubling at this point is that if you think about all the elements that you loved about True Detective season one, uh, I'd say that the the lowest on the rung of all those things, the lowest rung would be Nick Pizzolatto
1: I don't, don't know about that. I, I disagree with that. Really? I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked the writing. I know that a lot of people uh, have some issues with sort of the uh, reappropriating Nietzsche and stuff like that, but it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people, maybe because I don't recognize the <laughs> specific passages. Uh but also, I think uh, it's funny. I think it has jokes. That's what I what made me yeah. like it. And when the criticism that it was so self serious, I didn't yeah. did ever really get that because I always thought it was f- hilarious.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not that so much. I think it's not like his actual the words that are actually on the page. But I guess his his specific vision and the thing that's going to be consistent between the, the different uh, seasons. Like I, you know, I, I totally agree. I think that it was funny, and I think that the tone was right. Like it was right in that. That good, medium point between this sort of kooky mysticism and like hard boiled cop show. And I also everything. just don't think he's as crazy
1: macho as people paint him as being. And the, what I am basing that on is that somebody who was <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Student meaning. in a grad class in a <laughs> his grad student literary class said that uh, that he assigned like Alice Monroe stories and stuff. Where I'm like, okay. You read Alice Monroe, like, that's a pretty good sign that yeah. you are into stories about women.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's just so, he's just so mockable at this point. It's well, so hard. you
1: know, <laughs> somebody wears a fedora, they're sort of asking for me to make fun of them, but I could make fun of any of those kind of...
0: Oh, yeah. You
1: know, I, I, I feel like, like Aaron Sorkin is much more mockable than Nick Pizzolatto,
0: because Aaron yeah. Sorkin... The newsroom isn't a good show. Well, Aaron Sorkin, the joke writes itself. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, just, yeah, we we, we we have expounded many times on, on on him. But, I mean, I guess I, I just, uh, I, I care. I like uh, mysteries and crime
1: fiction. Sure, yeah. Hard-boiled humans. Yeah. <laughs> hard-boiled humans I'm, and hair. I'm ready. Yeah, uh, uh, casting, the casting came out. yeah. And it was confirmed that Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn are in it, which has been sort of more controversial than I assumed because I feel like that has been out there for a
0: while. Yeah, confirmed. Well, that's the funny thing is that like people have you know perpetuated all these rumors and and spread them and everything, and when they actually get confirmed, then it's like, oh, I have feelings about this now. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, I. I think I'm actually very interested in in Colin Farrell, and I'm not as stoked on Vince Vaughn, but whatever. Like, let him let him do his thing. Yeah, I love Colin Farrell. I feel like that's a good fit. Yeah.
1: And Vince Vaughn, you know, people are like, oh, Vince Vaughn's not a good serious actor, but it's like, well, maybe he'll be kind of weird and funny, like the weird,
0: like Woody or something, or like the the
1: weird, like the Yellow King, like the guy who
0: played. Oh yeah, because he's the crime. He's playing a crime boss or a, a professional criminal or something like that. Uh, and Colin Farrell will be one of the cops, and they uh, haven't. Yeah. You know,
1: I have a deep-seated love for Vince Vaughn. I'm afraid. I think it's just. Uh, That's cool. You no, know, <laughs> it's not. It's it's totally from Swingers, and it'll last forever because of Swingers. You know, like I was when I read about Kevin Smith last week and I was watching Mallrats again and I was just realizing how much I imprinted on Jason Lee in those movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, where I was like, oh, I wanted to be Jason Lee and I wanted to, like, date Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. Like, just this... The really, like, fast-talking 90s guy yeah. that is Vince Vaughn, also in Swingers. And I don't know. I think uh, I think, you know, maybe he hasn't done anything that I love so much in a while, but... There are parts of Wedding Crashers that I really liked.
0: I... That was all probably Owen Wilson, too. I've never seen Wedding Crash. What? Never seen it. Were you just asleep that year? Um, I do remember, I think, what what my life was like that year. And I think it didn't involve seeing a lot of comedies. I wasn't seeing a lot of comedy. You know,
1: I would really love for Owen Wilson to be on True Detective. That's my real dream. Is to yeah, play. that would be good. I like, uh, I think just Owen Wilson in a Western is something that needs to happen
0: yeah. at some point. And Hasn't he, wait, wasn't he in like Shanghai Noon or something Oh yeah, like which, that? Is, which is great. <laughs> yeah. had Noon and Shanghai Nights, which are both really good. Yeah. I like those movies. I haven't seen them either. They're, they're really Sorry. funny. Sorry, Owen, I'm, I'm showing my ignorance to, you know, the, the less loved part of your, your career. No, that's a, that's a well-loved, I think... Uh, well, it doesn't, you know, it's not, like, it's not, a, it's not an Anderson movie or something. Right, but, but he
1: was responsible for all the funny stuff in all the Wes Anderson movies.
0: No, I mean, I'm saying, like, it's not a Wes Anderson movie, and it's not, like, the first thing you think of when you think of Owen Wilson. And I was, don't
1: know. That is the first thing I think of when I think of Owen Wilson. I feel
0: like I... What is the first thing you think of when you think of Owen Wilson?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess it's Dignan, now that you think yeah. of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> about all his unrealized potential and how much I
0: would like for him to write a script. <laughs> how I feel like it might never happen. That's actually a good game to play in general. Like, what, like, close your eyes, imagine an actor, and what's the first thing you think of?
1: You know what I really is the first thing I think of is about this Playboy interview he did once where he just said a bunch of things that were really, that stayed with me and one of them was about how when he was in school, in high school, that he just had a face that looked like he wasn't paying attention. (laughs) And even when he was paying attention, that the teachers would be like, thought he was mocking them because he just like, looks like he's sort of mocking you. Uh And that, luke wilson that he said luke wilson got away with everything because luke wilson is good at having like a fake paying yeah. attention face
0: mirroring and that uh <laughs> he
1: got in trouble in high school and they made him like run laps around the track outside and he started like kicking a ball around and they were like stop it stop having fun stop <laughs> making this into something that's fun for you uh, uh and he also quoted some line from moby dick about like oh you know when you see a boat and you like every man can like imagine himself at sea Stuff like that. That's, I'm that's a,
0: pretty good then, though. It's really good. Exactly. I'm, I think I'm that's big on him. He's big doing big. he's doing well inside your head. Inside my head, yes. Um, wait. So so back to back to True Detective though. So they haven't. So we have also a, a more fleshed out storyline and who our characters are going to be. So there are going to be three cops. And this criminal mastermind, played by Vince Vaughn. Colin Farrell is one of the cops. The other two have yet to be cast. One of them is a female cop. Uh, and, and the list went from sort of exciting to sort of very random seeming. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the potential. Well, both the other the other cop and the potential female cop are like. A lot of them are more in the realm of TV actors. than, And I feel like kind of part of the excitement of True Detective is that getting, to, getting like a real kind of movie star to do that kind of That's
1: role. dumb because TV actors are, there are lots of great TV actors. Yeah. And also that's that's not true because Elizabeth Moss was in The Running. Yeah. She's sort of a great TV actor. And then Rachel McAdams I know was the other person. And she maybe has already dropped out. And then I heard Kira Knightley this week.
0: Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Which I
1: actually think—I, like, kind of have grown to love Kieran Knightley. Like, I never had a problem with her, but she seems very smart when you read interviews with her. And she made a Lynn Shelton movie last year called Laggies. Like, she's Mm. very big on, like, you know, i got to make my own projects happen because otherwise I'll just be playing Anna Karenina forever, which (laughs) is a good life also. Yeah.
0: I uh, I rewatched well, it was a few weeks ago I think I rewatched Bend It Like Beckham which I hadn't seen in a long time that is a solid movie oh yeah charming. that is such a solid that's why we all liked her in the first yeah place. and I forgot like this is where we all met that girl and also that girl who was on ER for a while mm-hmm. uh, I forget her name now but uh, but yeah I mean it was I, I don't know I, it's it's always interesting to go back I think and get reminded of like. Why a person, especially like a movie star, that you think of as being boring or being typecast in a lot of things, you're like, oh, well, that person was very charming in this, in, you know, back,
1: I out actually, of context.
0: I also loved Anna Karenina. I, oh, did I see that? Oh, I did see that. I did see that Anna Karenina. That was a, that was a fun Anna Karenina. It was great. <laughs> was a fun, as, a, fun as, as fun as it can be. Anna Karenina as you could it was ask great. for. I loved it. Yeah. No, that was, yeah. Now no.
1: you played the kind of like redhead guy who played the... The you know the regular the farmer character mm. he was very good also uh, a good ginger yeah okay I like how Jude Law is playing all these like weird ugly guys now ah yeah, it's because he's baldy you know? but it's it's <laughs> interesting it's like he yeah
0: no I, I'm into it uh so Kira
1: Knightley that's a you know I'd be yeah into that. that's that's interesting I kind mean I my, don't know if I buy her as a cop well I don't I don't honest. like that all the actresses on the list are all kind of hot you know because I was kind of hoping. My dream was like, let's get somebody who is... I want Katherine Catherine Keener so bad. Catherine Keener, you know who I've been talking, <laughs> thinking about nonstop is Mira Sorvino. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. So I watched Summer of Sam last week for the first time, and it's so good. It's just, you know, so hot that I was like, let's watch movies about it being really hot and everybody going crazy. <laughs> so I watched that, and... She's so great, and she and John Leguizamo are both just like yeah. so good
0: that I was she's like, she's one of those people. her just... and
1: John Leguizamo in True Detective,
0: <laughs> that actually, I would totally watch that. Too. John Leguizamo There's also so many... really
1: underrated. Yeah,
0: yeah, but
1: Man. yeah, Mir Sorvino I was just like, you know, or just like how I guess I was also thinking about Amy Ryan on The Wire, just like mm-hmm. let's get some actresses that are really good and underrated, and give them something really just, like, meaty and,
0: and cool to do, you know, because that seems like kind of the a- The only reason, I guess, I w- when I was kind of, I wasn't even really complaining, but I was just, like, saying, the, stating the fact that it feels like most of the, the actresses in the running, except for Keira Knightley, if that's true, uh, are, are TV actors, is that it seems like, oh, the guys that they're all looking at are these, you know, A-list-ish type, Male movie stars, and then they're looking at a TV, more a TV B-list actress, and it just makes it feel like that role then is not going to be, like it's not going to be teed up to be this major thing, or maybe you know we don't know, we have we no idea, know. but that's like, but that's that's just I'm I'm keeping I'm an open op- mind, I'm talking optics, we're <laughs> gonna get
1: Alice Monroe to play okay the other detective, that's what I'm I'm thinking,
0: um, but yeah, and then the other guy is supposed to be. Look, we've got American Horror Story Freak Show for all of our... I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I don't like their ads right now. Really? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not I'm not into it. I'm
1: not into it either, but I, every every year I'm like, I'm going to give it another try, and I'm going to watch the first episode and get into it, and
0: I, I was, always want to get into it. I always watch, like, five solid episodes every year of, of American Horror Story, and I never make it past that. And I'm always like, this is really fun. I might get into this this year. And this, there's... It's never that definable. It's always just like I get I get I figure it out. I figure out the game they're playing with whatever whatever that season is and I just sort of get. I'm not that big of a horror person. Really? No, I'm not. But you're going to every Halloween horror haunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I want to be proven wrong, but I just I can't get scared by rides or movies. You can't? I can't. Do you think you're going to get scared? By- I, w- I want to get scared. I get scared just thinking about not
1: scary farm because it also makes me think about like being 13.
0: Yeah I mean I've heard that's the worst one. I mean I've heard that's definitely well, the scariest. They invented it. Yeah. I think we talked about this yeah, last Yeah yeah where today. they just had the employees come out.
1: We were talking about dark rides a lot last week and then I went into a YouTube hole of watching a billion dark ride <laughs> ride through videos and I found my new my new Holy Grail, which is at Blackpool Beach in England, which has a big beachside amusement park that's very old and storied. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's one of the first dark rides called the Ghost Train. That's like an old type of dark ride. Um, And they have a ride called Ghost Train that is just like a haunted house ride, dark ride basically, uh, that has Tangerine Dream as the soundtrack. And I Sounds watched it. Great. So cool, so spooky. <laughs> uh, and they have another one there that looks really amazing. That's called the River Cave, which I guess River Cave is like uh, a dark ride, a water dark ride that doesn't have thrills. It doesn't have drops or anything. So like, it's a Small World is a River Cave or um, Pirates. Yeah, there. no, Pirates has a couple drops though. They're
0: like they're like baby
1: drops, half a story. but they're called. It's called something different if it has drops. It's called like a log flume. Flume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, and then I watched a bunch of the Harry Potter rides. Oh and man, how are they were are those? disappointing because it's all video stuff, which is not no, what I want. really? It's then all you want like,
0: animatronics in there. No,
1: and you know what, one of them which is called Escape from Gringotts, which is like
0: the bank, I think. Yeah, it's the bank. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the lobby for that one looks amazing and the lobby for that one has like three or four animatronic sort of troll men that are the bankers. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That they pan I, over I know that those I, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> the animatronics are so good that it freaked me out. Oh. Wow. I was like, those robots look like humans. Let's just be real about what these are. They're yeah. robots. And I was, made me really excited to watch the ride, and then the ride was like a letdown because it was all just like Harry Potter flying by on a video screen and being like, Follow me! I
0: will say though, I Follow mean. Follow me to you, Hogwarts! <laughs> you can't get away with just video on the inside unless you are just doing a VR thing or Star Tours or something. Right, I, but I, Star Tours sucks.
1: It does. Molly. I'm sorry, wouldn't you rather have a ride that had. Animatronics of Star Wars characters than just well, like. Well, that's the. I was just about to. You, around. You, you've
0: completely preempted my point. My point was that <laughs> uh, if you do have that kind of ride, you it's really awesome to have like a really uh, entertaining line situation, and right. that's what Star Tours has. Star Wars has R T D T and C three Like you're in a travel agency an intergalactic travel agency. Right, but that's so, so, so much cute. cooler than the ride. Well, I mean, I think that both are pretty cool. I wrote. I mean, I remember like writing enthusiastically about this when I, when I after the first time I went to uh, Disneyland when I was like five. I was like, that was the thing I wanted to like tell my class about. Was <laughs> so was what like what I I you were summer. already a Star Wars fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, you were just like things uh, I've seen, <laughs> things I've seen that have impressed me. I was also uh, learning
1: about there's a new Snow White ride. At- Disney World. Oh, really? That they replaced Snow White Scary Adventures, which is one of the oldest rides, yeah. and they turned it into a ride called the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is kind of like Big Thunder Mountain, but, you know, with...
0: Minecraft? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> but they, they always do this. They just repurposed the animatronics. They didn't make new animatronics. They just used the existing animatronics from Snow White oh, Scary weird. Adventures. And because the animatronics are old they put them, like, inside of a house, so you're, like, looking at them through a window so that you wouldn't You can't see all the,
0: like, rotting paint
1: and stuff. Yeah, which Uh, I think is fascinating. Yeah, and I mean, Splash Mountain, I feel like I've talked about this before, but Splash Mountain... All those animatronics are just repurposed. Yeah, from, from another thing yeah. that
0: was in that um, the theater in Newfoundland. Yeah, Maryland, from yeah. like it's
1: called like America
0: Sings. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy because I just assumed those were all new animatronics. Oh, and didn't America Sings? America Sings is one of the ones that shut down because somebody died during it. No. Because it it had, had a stage show. No, it was a revolving oh, stage. It no. was the one where somebody fell down into into the space in between where it was revolving in oh, the audience. Yeah, God, that's yeah.
1: horrible. Yeah.
0: Um. Never <laughs> think about that again. <laughs> yep. As those, as those ducks are singing and playing the banjo and stuff. I mean, that's like the most frightening yeah. thing I can possibly
1: imagine.
0: <laughs> Therefore,
1: um, you know, you know my, my special fear involves something like that. I have a very specific fear, and it, my fear is being sawn in half on stage in front of an audience <laughs> that doesn't know that it's really you're really being sawn yeah. in half. And it's a big, you know, it's like an old horror trope. Probably never going to happen. My worst fear—that is my worst fear—is either being sawn in half or the thing where they like put you on a wheel and throw knives. Oh, yeah.
0: and, and then, but everybody, everybody—I feel like the psychological aspect of that is that everybody watching thinks that it's fake. That's and what is so frightening cut them about and come it. And help you. There was yeah. somebody
1: who uh, died during a Christmas play in Italy a couple years ago, where it was the you know the nativity, and they hung Judas on stage, and he really. Got hung. Oh my God, <laughs> that's so so frightening. <laughs> oh man, it's just my, the the spectacle. The yeah, spectacle of death. It's uh, the most frightening. That's and that's why I find Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> yeah, I that's why World's Fair <laughs> things are the most interesting. Um, my and, uh, my
0: fear is really gross, so I don't even know. But it involves a ride. Also. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, It's just because of an urban legend I heard when I was a kid about something that happened on a water slide to somebody. (laughs) Let's have it. (laughs) It involves braces. And a bolt on the slide, and getting somehow getting your braces stuck in a bolt on a water slide. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of braces horror. (laughs) I can't deal with it. I can't. I've never had braces in my life. I'm at no risk for this, but I could still. I was like, see, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. What if that never happened? But the the thought of it is the worst to
1: me. Did you read a thing about how there's a bunch of colleges that have water parks? No. It was about how like I think it was like Texas A&M or some place that they. Like a whole, like an outdoor, like an outdoor aquatic outdoor recreation area. area. Yeah, <laughs> with like slides. Oh yeah. Well, like I feel like a lot of, I don't know. You know what else? There's um, there's a park in New Jersey called Action Park. I think it's called Action Park. That there's this famous slide there that's like a 360 slide. That everybody is like, just. Oh, you mean you go up
0: around it? Yeah, but oh, it's wow. not
1: like well designed. It's, <laughs> it's like just a loop, and you're supposed cool. to. I'm supposed to just go through the loop, and I think people got hurt on it every year. It's Just one of those things where they were like, "Oh yeah, all the all the kids running it are just like teen,
0: you know, drunk teenagers," and like, uh, yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. Um,
1: something about that. It's just it's frightening in a way. <clears throat> it's um,
0: very sticky. So I uh, I feel like was it last week when we did questions? Yeah. Uh, that somebody asked us about how much TV we watch every week. And when I started thinking about that and we answered it and I was like, you know what? I don't watch very much TV. Why don't I watch so much TV? I feel bad. I should be watching more TV. That's not utopia. (laughs) And so I, um, I made myself sit down and watch Gotham, the new show on Fox, the Batman before Batman show. Um, and I liked it. Did you not expect to like it? I just, I didn't expect to really care about it, and to be honest, I probably won't watch it again. Though I set my DVR for it, so I could ostensibly watch it. But like, it, it, you know, it was interesting. Like, I feel I felt like I was out of practice with TV, and that's why I liked it. Like, I hadn't sat down to watch a pilot of a show in a while. And I'll always like, watch a pilot of anything. I'm yeah. always just interested in like, how do you get all this information? Yeah, and not make it really boring and expositional. Well, Gotham does it by just like just doing straight-up exposition. Like, oh, well, look at who it is here, detective so-and-so and so-and-so from Major Crimes Unit. Like, right. that's, like, actually a line from Oh, it. look, you look like a baby penguin.
1: Or somebody, <laughs> somebody told me there's a, a lot of just really over-the-top foreshadowing.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. And that that's... So I, 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 I wish you would have watched this just because on some level, that stuff is really silly, and I don't know how they're going to continue to do that without doing a jump forward in time. Because it feels like... You know, if this is the first part of a movie and we're seeing, you know, oh, there's young Poison Ivy and stuff and and, and, and young Selena Kyle, uh, then eventually you need to have the payoff and have them become those people. Uh, But that's not going to happen, obviously. That's not the premise of the show, as as far as I know. Uh, So, I don't know. But but at the same time, okay, so it's basically just a cop show, but it's set in Gotham and it's sort of a heightened, very designed, like it feels kind of like... How's Ryan Atwood? Ryan Atwood is the the calm, the center of the storm. Uh, There's actually a line where somebody looks in his eyes and is like, there's danger in your eyes. (laughs) And I was talking to my friend about this on chat and they're like, "I didn't see any danger in his eyes." I was like, "No, he's from Chino." That's what it was like <laughs> when I was OC
1: too. Everybody was always like, "You're such a bad
0: guy." And you were yeah. Like, no, you're. No, he's not. He looks he's a sweetheart. Sweet. Yeah, he
1: looks fine. And he's tiny. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's I mean, not. He's not young
0: anybody, right? Yeah, he is. He's, uh, he's young Commissioner Gordon. Yes. Yeah, when he so, was like just made detective or something oh, like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if he's even detective. He's, he's not a rookie cop. Uh, I don't.
1: Is think. Alfred on it?
0: Yeah. Alfred. What's Alfred up to? He's just taking care of young Bruce Wayne, right in the mansion. Do we see Bruce's parents die? Yeah, of course. I've seen Bruce's parents <laughs> die so many times. Yeah, we all have. We we need to be reminded, though. They died. I they definitely I died. I I've seen he the Batman. He fell to his knees and he cried, and he got covered in a blanket later. See the crime alley. <laughs> yeah, in crime alley, I've
1: which is Chinatown. Stories so what? many times. Oh, oh yeah. is it is it shot in L.A.? That
0: part is definitely Chinatown sh- and I'm, Gotham. Yeah. Gotham. Yeah. But, I mean, the rest of it is, like, it kind of reminds me of the set design and everything of, like, the Batman and Robin Batman movie. Somebody said it was, like, Dick Tracy, too, which mm, I Yeah, totally. Was, I was yeah. like,
1: that makes me want to... You know, it's interesting, too, because... Uh, <laughs> It's, I feel like superhero shows have been the domain of the CW for so long. Mm. You know, that's, like, the place where they had superhero shows. Yeah, and now Smallville it's, like... and everything. Yeah. Now it's, like, oh, prestige superhero well, shows. Well, it's still
0: Fox. And, I mean, it feels like a kid's show. It does. Like, it feels, like, kind of like Batman the Animated Show. Well, I love Batman the Animated <laughs> I Show. I know. I mean... It, Batman the Animated Show is, like, the most sophisticated Batman... Yeah. ...that's ever existed. I mean, I don't really know where this is going to go. It is interesting. It's also like, it's not like Smallville where it's like, it's not teen Batman. Like, he's a kid. He's not going to even get to his teenagers in the course of this show. So, you just have to, like, forget about that plot, forget about it Baby being a Batman. Or- yeah. But, I mean, it does, I think, tonally, though, it's. I mean, the, the writing is terrible, but it's sort of supposed to be terrible, you know? It's, like, supposed to be kind of campy, and right. it does feel like kind of an antidote to the the Nolan Batman. Which
1: are so campy, but don't know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this definitely knows it's campy, and it's just... I mean, all of the sets are just so set-like, and it's like, you know, everything. I like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, you know, I'll definitely... I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it's... I think it's interesting. I mean, and, and, you know, now that superheroes are, like, not... Content to just live on in every single summer on the movie screens, but they have to be on TV. You know, I feel like this is about as interesting as you could ask for. I've never watched Agents of Shield, so I don't really know what that's like. But I don't feel very interested. I also did not watch Heroes. I'm trying to think of what other. Yeah, I didn't watch superhero shows. I don't know what what were the last super.
1: They tried to make that Wonder Woman pilot with David E. Kelly that everybody said was like right. the most offensive thing in the world. Well now they they're gonna have Supergirl. Right, which also uh, I mean yes. that feels right for Supergirl though. Yeah. That's where Supergirl belongs.
0: Yeah. On um,
1: like I don't know anything about Supergirl, to be honest. I don't know anything about Supergirl. So again, maybe <clears throat> a blank a
0: blank slate. Like I obviously have a lot of feelings about Wonder Woman. Yeah. Or well, about, what would be the show that you think, like, for TV specifically? So not not just a, a superhero that you would want to see brought to any screen, but like one that you think is particularly lends itself well to TV. Uh, I don't know. That's or a like a question. prequel or something. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I have always said that I would really like like a Catwoman and Poison Ivy buddy right? buddy show. Yeah. Thelma and Louise type
0: situation. This might turn into that, except they're kids. They're both. But there. I would also,
1: like you know, if they did Baby X Men too, I'd be really into that. You know? <laughs> baby X Men, <laughs> tiny little
0: squeaky Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, it feels like with this and with Agents of Shield, the thing is to, to. To some corner of it that feels less like the centerpiece, like less like something that's obviously gonna be in a movie. Like yeah. explore the margins of this universe. And I guess and,
1: with Guardians of the Galaxy too, it's like, you know, go go to a lesser known title. Go to something that people don't have
0: huge built in preconceptions mm-hmm. that the people who like it are sort of a smaller faction. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you have you have a pre built world, but you don't have pre built expectations. I think that's
1: just there's something really uncanny about seeing characters that you know from drawings attempting to be <laughs> represented as like realistic humans yeah uh like whenever they try to do real life archie it's always like frightening yeah because there's something about it just yeah. making it into real
0: humans that like that's not what you're i like that's about not what it. he looks like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's um, got a nose that looks like murmur <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be. I don't know. There's but I would.
1: That's saying that I would love it if somebody made a, a movie or TV show adaptation of Afterlife with Archie, the horror comic Archie that is out right now. Which they're doing. Um, I think they're spinning it off into a Sabrina horror comic too. Oh really? Is about like the origins in Salem, Massachusetts of Sabrina's you know descendants who are okay. Witches.
0: All right. Are you into it now? <laughs> no, I don't. No, no I, I Right, You're not into horror. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, I, I, liked, I liked Sabrina. I guess say. I feel like horror and sci-fi
1: are such close No, cousins. they're not.
0: And for me, that's always been frustrating because people have always assumed that. You like genre stuff. You must like horror and you must like sci-fi. You're but,
1: like Roman on, on Party Down. Yeah. You're like, no,
0: I only like hard sci-fi. No dragons. <laughs> oh, I'm all about dragons. So no, I'm the, the no drag- dragons person. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm into I'm No into western some... dragons. I'm into eastern dragons. <laughs> true though i southern dragon spirited away <laughs> dragon
1: totally sure. cool yeah the water dragon stupid medieval dragons no thanks yeah no i, I hear you i uh, i mean or even just like if they could get you know there are a lot of other weird medieval cryptids besides dragons dragons are just so
0: norm core <laughs> <laughs> we need a good uh we need a good uh scylla yeah exactly like a hydra yeah. yeah that'd be good um, oh my god, this is so off-topic, but have you seen the trailer for the new Final Fantasy game? No, is it amazing? It looks so good! Oh my god, I feel like that franchise is sort of been... I haven't See, played any of them for such a, a long time. that's a medieval fantasy world I can get into. Well, it's not, though. It, it, it's, it's flexible enough. It can kind of take on whatever... It sort of has historically lived in sort of a steampunky-type yeah. hybrid... This one, it's like a road drama with like four dudes driving around in a car, but like in kind of a post-apocalyptic world where they just drive around the countryside like killing monsters and stuff. Sure. It's like, and it looks like they're all, they all look like they're in a K-pop band. So it's like four (laughs) hot guys driving in a car. (laughs) Like, it looks amazing. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm done with that. Like, yeah, I'm
1: done. I'm (laughs) done with Zelda. I've always said that's the one medieval fantasy thing I'm really
0: into is Zelda. Zelda is also just like... Zelda is like a mood and a frame of mind, too. Yes. It's just like very peaceful and yes. and calming even. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm selective about fantasy. I'm pretty much all in on it, most sci-fi. I've fallen on behind on Outlander, but I'm totally going to catch up. I just want to watch the last episode. I want to watch the first one and the last one. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't get stars anymore. I canceled like half of my cable channels. It was very dramatic. Uh, but yeah, I want to watch the last one just because apparently it's got like a bunch of sex in it <laughs> <laughs> i think they all have a bunch of sex in it no they haven't consummated yet that's well, the big that's deal like about the, the finale
1: that's like romance novels though it's like yeah, build up the tension the, to yeah. a till you can't take
0: it anymore we'll see there was a lot of sex in the first one yeah and there's a lot of sex and in the sexy last one. sexy sex yeah yeah um <laughs> not you know brothel <laughs> yeah not just like decorative boob sex yeah um so yeah, um, I don't know. I'll we'll see if I keep watching Gotham. I I don't know. I feel like I got my plate full between like New Girl and Utopia. Oh, I caught
1: up a new. I watched the first New Girl.
0: Oh yeah, no, it was good. I it was
1: mean, great, yeah. Jessica Biel, good. They always bring in yeah. actresses that you're like, oh yeah, she's funny if she has good writing. Yeah, which is true of anybody. Where you're like, oh, I didn't know they could act because I've never seen them have anything funny to say before in a script, mm-hmm. and she is great. <clears throat> Yeah, I was like, oh, I see, I
0: see why Justin Timberlake—they're <laughs> <laughs> both mirrors. Makes it. sense now to me as a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for some reason, New Girl was the thing I was thinking the most of when I was reading that that death of uh, adulthood thing.
1: I um, remember people use Zoe Deschanel as like the punching bag for. Like infantilized girlhood. I'm just like she's not like that. I don't really think of her as being like that.
0: Yeah, but I think. I mean, I guess
1: I, I understand why people think that, but like Jess isn't like a, a helpless. No,
0: she's a principal now.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's but a middle school principal.
0: I think, but I think that's the, the strange thing about New Girl though is that, like her and. Um, and um, well, Schmidt, at least, like, are supposed to have pretty grown-up, normal jobs. But it's like on Friends, where it's like... Yeah. But they never have to do any work, except
1: yeah. for the episodes when they're at work.
0: Or they'll still feel, they'll still be in the mindset of being kids, and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But it's like, uh, you should. You uh, have a, what looks like a, a nice apartment that you probably don't have to pay that much rent on, because you're splitting it between all these people. And you have a good job, with a title... Like, you know, and and an and active love life and social life. That seems, that doesn't seem like you're, but, but it's like it, the shows now have to be written in such a way where it's like, in order to make people identifiable or feel real, it's like they have to be still kind of stuck in some state of...
1: Right, but I think it's the whole thing about the death of adulthood is like the problem with adulthood was mm-hmm. the implication that having these concrete markers of adulthood made you an adult and it didn't obviously yeah. and you know if you I don't know I don't I don't, I don't miss adulthood I'm not <laughs> I, I think there are lots of problems with what has replaced adulthood but yeah. I think it's still better
0: than yeah well and and like, we're, we're referring to A.O. Scott's piece in the New York Times about um that was called the death of adulthood it came out a couple weeks ago it'll be like two weeks I think when if you're listening to this uh, but you know, it, it continues to be discussed. I think they talked about it this week on Prince Movies podcast too. I mean it's you know, it's interesting and uh, I, I, and I think that the main point, I think the main takeaway for me from it, and I think that, that bears repeating is that like there's two completely different discussions you're having whether you're talking about this for male oriented, entertainment and female oriented entertainment because it means the death of adulthood means one thing for one kind of narrative and a completely different thing for another and the death of adulthood can be i think is like super liberating for stuff like broad city and and things like that like right that's, and that's really progressive and i guess it's just like i don't
1: I don't care if grown-ups like comic books and action figures, you know? And it was interesting, watching again, to watch Mallrats and be like, oh, right, like there was a time when it wasn't just a given that adults love comic books and like a person like Kevin Smith <clears throat> being like, you know, having Brody, the character in Mallrats, who's like a, a guy who is too old for comic books, who's really into comic books, or it's like, well, now, comic books are kind of for adults
0: more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't think that it's right for any specific medium to be assigned to an age group. Like, well, what do you if, think about the YA debate? The, yeah, I, I. mean, I. I have read a lot of YA. I've definitely like keep up to you know I, I'm up to date on whatever is the thing of the moment in that in that world. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to make that my life. I don't want to make that a cornerstone of my the sphere of my the entertainment that I take in like I just don't I don't and that's something I feel like I can't prescribe to somebody else
1: no but I think it's for, super individual yeah, yeah I mean I was looking at my bookshelves the other day and had this realization that it was like half crime fiction which was just like not what I think of myself as being like but <laughs> I was like oh I guess I mostly read crime fiction And when I think about it, it's like, I buy books to read, but the books I really read are all, like, paperbacks. Yeah. And that is what I like. And if somebody was like, oh, you're an idiot because you only read, you know, trashy paperbacks, it's like.
0: Well, I think that there's one, like, I think that you can read, I think that trashy paperbacks are, like, they're not the same as why necessarily. Like there's like. Well, I read Gone Girl last week. Mm, you know, yeah. I was
1: just any any book that falls into a genre other than like serious literature can be marginalized. But like serious literature is all Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> the last few
0: things that I read that were serious literature that I read because uh, I read blog posts about them were all incredibly underwhelming. So yeah. you know, from where I'm sitting, literature's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's because we live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I know. We don't read. Um, but, I mean, I do, I you know, two or three times a year, I'll pick, I'll pick up a book that's a New York Times bestseller. I mean, and, I read Gone Girl so fast. Yeah. Well, I mean— well, well that, And I really enjoyed it. You yeah. Know? I think that that's interesting, though. I mean, I want to read that book, and I'm look- looking forward to the movie, and I— I think that there is—it does feel like kind of an event now, though, when a movie or a book comes out that's, like, very expressly for adults. Like, it's not—yeah, it's not a four-quadrant film or property or whatever. Like, it's like something where if you had a kid, you would have to give them a babysitter. It's also
1: like, just like there's, a you know, there's good stuff in every genre, and comparing yeah. Harry Potter to something like Divergent, it's like Harry Potter is— Incredibly well written and great. I and don't know if I got that
0: far. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't think it's well written. I think, it, I think, think it's, very, well, it's I think it's well crafted. I don't it's think it's very well readable. Which oh, yeah, to yeah, me It's well written.
1: If something is hard to get through, then I don't think it's well
0: written. You know. Uh. Yeah, I agree with you, kind of, but I just, I just don't think that she's a very good writer in those books. I haven't read her her non Harry Potter. I
1: mean, look. I've just read some YA that makes the excellence of harry potter really be thrown yeah. into you know and it is for kids it's ultimately it's for kids and if adults want to be into it they ha- they can't be angry that it's
0: not for them that it's not about like yeah dumbledore's you know struggle with his sexuality well but i mean i think that's the thing though it's like if we i think that it's a good impulse to want to be challenged by the things that you read and the things that you watch and listen to. What if I I
1: don't want to be challenged?
0: (laughs) I don't think that's true, though. I think you do. I mean, I I don't think that you would—I don't know. I just—I feel like— I've been watching
1: a lot of Real Housewives with Melbourne, so—
0: Oh, look, I mean, I I say this as somebody who's watched every single episode of Utopia, like, right after they air. Utopia, I I think, is, like, a smart show, because— Yeah, I mean— I don't know. I I mean, what I was saying is, like, I think that I think that that's a good impulse. And I think that there is I think that part of like adults reading YA that I don't And I am not anti it. I think that you should be able to read whatever you want to read. But I think the part I think the thing that I am cautious, at least with myself about is that I don't want to fall into a pattern where I'm just reading things that are comfortable. Sure. I guess it's just
1: what I'm talking about more is sort of the tendency in academic writing to make things needlessly complicated in order sure. to prove that you are intellectual, which I always feel is stupid, because to me, it's like if you want to get across a complicated idea, you should make it as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. And making a complicated idea more complicated and less accessible to the people who already don't understand it. Yeah seems very just like snobby and and
0: not yeah not well, necessarily intellectual just more yeah difficult well that reminds me i've been rereading this speaking of books that i read i've been rereading this book uh that's actually one of my favorite books of all time uh by douglas hofstadter uh, it's called uh i am a strange loop he did um girdle usher bach mm-hmm. that book but it's very like he he writes in a very colloqu- colloquial manner about like physics and mathematics and the philosophy of the self and stuff. But it, like he calls the way that he writes like I think he calls it like doggies and horses writing or something <laughs> it's, like very plain spoken. And I that I appreciate, but I mean, at the same so, time the content is challenging. Yeah. And I I that's mean that's what sort what of, talking about. yeah that's the sweet spot I think. But, and
1: it's you know it's a personal preference obviously if somebody wants to read really complicated you know yeah wordy naughty type of stuff that might be pleasurable for somebody yeah. else i just personally <laughs> have been enjoying reading
0: books that
1: i want to finish
0: yeah i think for i think a lot of my tv intake now has been very to me feels like like chill out zone so i've been wanting to read and watch movies that are like more challenging but it you know it switches sometimes sometimes i'm watching like Shows that I end up thinking a ton about or, like, wanting to write a ton about. And I'm listening to pop music all the time. You know, like, it... it,
1: I've definitely gone too far into the camp zone, too, of, like, oh, I just want to watch, like, trashy, interesting trash, and then... I feel starved by
0: that after a
1: while. Well, yeah, me too. That's the thing. I think if you just go, if you don't have a balanced diet, you you feel hungry for things like that. The thing I I always talk about is when I watch Myra Breckenridge... Mm-hmm. it's a movie adaptation of Myra Breckenridge that is like so hateful in every way <laughs> like it should be the book was sort of like this big sensation and and really poppy and interesting and then the movie is just like just like it hates itself and it hates the audience and it's campy mm-hmm. but in this just like made me feel terrible yeah. afterwards and I was like okay time to watch some Bergman movies
0: right yeah I
1: the Bergman movies are funny I feel yeah. like people kind of misrepresent them. Yeah,
0: that's another thing I think, too, is and that... And, like,
1: Cassavetes, too, just the yeah. things that you think of as
0: being, like, the most serious... And then you're like, this is this feels like a lark. It feels like, especially with Cassavetes, it's like, oh, this is just, like, hanging out with people, and sometimes yeah. they're not having fun, but, like, it's as easy as sitting around and listening to people yeah, have exactly. a conversation. Yeah, it's, nat- it's naturalistic. It's not, like, Antonioni or something, like... I can't... I'm not a big Antonioni person. No, me neither, but, you know, I mean, but that's, a, that, that's the other thing I think about any time you try to... Do a very broad uh, argument about what people, what kinds of things people should be watching or reading or something. You you do. It's not like when you write that piece, you can't go back and, and rewatch and re-read everything you're talking about. And so I think a lot of times things get generalized by about being like more fun or less fun right. or more vegetables. Well then it's candy like Godard
1: and, is really fun, and Godard is all like giving you vegetables, but in a way where it's like yeah, you know, all the just the the jokiness
0: of it yeah. and the and the avant garde. You know, it's like cutaway well, jokes. Yeah, and you still have to think about what you're I'm, I I'm 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 not a big guitar person 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 personally. But like but you, you do have to you do have to you can't just sit back and like kick back, I feel like, and watch a guitar film. Unless you've seen it a million kinda. times.
1: If you've seen Breathless a million times, you can do that. But it's like Well Breathless you can definitely kick back, but I mean just uh even the sort of crazy one, you know, the mm-hmm. The more just super rigorously Marxist ones. Yeah. I feel like they still have just jokes.
0: Yeah, it's so French. All the way. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know where. I mean, I. You said you read a, a, a rebuttal to the
1: to the Scott. Yeah, piece. I read a piece by Sadie Doyle in in these times where she was talking about. She was sort of rebutting it as being like the. You know, she wasn't even rebutting it because I guess she was, like, agreeing with sort of what he said. But just sort of saying that, like, for women to be allowed to be sort of childish on their own terms, that it's different than the sort of infantilization of women of, like, a Betty Draper, which is the the old model of adulthood, that you let somebody be in charge and you trust what they're saying and you let them take care of you. And then, obviously, the problem with that is that they are bullshitting and Mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing and it creates a kind of false order of like okay we all listen to this person like i was making a joke of like adulthood died with walter cronkite but i sort of mean that of just Mm -hmm. like the idea of like okay there's a guy who knows everything that's going on and he's gonna like take care of everybody uh
0: well, that's, I feel like, the the, the irony and why there's two different conversations you're having when you talk about it is that, like, yeah, for a long time, to be a grown-up as a woman would meant to have somebody else take care of you. And, that, and that's,
1: like, the great—you know, and that's still so built into everything, and that's, you know, kind of what Housewives, I feel like, is a weird subversion of, of this mm. idea of, like— Oh, I'm just letting him take care of me, but like secretly I'm in charge of everything. Or like
0: I'm letting him take care of me, which means he's never around, like I'm a latchkey kid and I'm going yeah. like, to cause trouble while right. my husband is You just around. see what's like, not
1: actually glamorous about it, yeah. which is anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, I'm just a fan of, like, I'm a fan of trying to be better. <laughs> if I'm going to just put it in as broad a terms as possible. So I think, like, you know, I also think that people should read whatever they feel like is interesting to them and, like, keeps their minds active. And if that's the Hunger Games books, then sure. I mean, I haven't still haven't finished the last one, but I thought the first one was really... I thought it was genuinely interesting and, like... Oh, yeah, it's about classism. Yeah, it's about reality TV and classism. Yeah. Are, like my two favorite things in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, not the actual institutions, but...
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody would argue that... Uh, You know, Roald Dahl isn't like incredibly intelligent and something that kids are reading, but also is, you know, terrifying
0: for adults to read. Yeah. You just can't judge. You can't judge a book by its spine. Uh, (laughs) You know, where it says like young adult or (laughs) horror. I mean, when I was
1: a kid i only wanted to read like grown up books you know i was like very like i'm 8 and i'm going to read melville because that will prove to everybody how smart i am and i enjoyed it but you know i also yeah. i do remember resenting that people were always trying to get me to read sort of those Type the type of YA books that are about like going to your aunt's house for the summer and getting like, your period. For the white books and stuff. Or like books about girls and horses. I was yeah. never into and everybody there's so You many never books read any like Judy that. Bloom? No, I read Judy Bloom mm-hmm. and I read like Misty of uh whatever it is, Chincocking? I don't know.
0: <laughs> a lot of the horse books I missed out on.
1: But that was like the type of things people would recommend to yeah. you as a as a kid. It's like, oh, you should read this. Yeah. Uh, and I would be like no, I want to
0: read <laughs> serious literature. Yeah. I, to, I, I, got, I think I got wow. really disillusioned around, like, the end of high school by the fact that I would never be able to read every great book, and then I kind of gave up. <laughs> it's
1: like, I think it. just reading great books in high school also makes you a little disillusioned because you... Don't enjoy them when you have to study them, and also I just remember being very strongly feeling that *The Great Gatsby* was not a good book. Oh yeah, (laughs) or that it wasn't the great American novel because it's a novella. That was my
0: (laughs) (laughs) argument. Oh well,
1: (laughs) that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I I had I I had like a very contentious argument with a teacher about *Test of the Durbervilles*. That was like a book that was like my teacher's favorite book, and I just like hated it and just you know i don't i never read it she's just like a victim the whole mm-hmm. the whole time and it's not her fault ever mm-hmm. but i was just like such a contrarian that i feel like i was arguing to like my teacher, a like, lifetime like, movie oh it is her fault on some level <laughs> like, she could be doing stuff to get out of this situation my teacher was like no she can't like <laughs> she has to marry her weird cousin um, you know it's all just about how rigid everything is and i think i just also was just like this is not how i want the world to be therefore i like reject it yeah um and i understand her point of view more now and you know i'm sure maybe yeah. maybe she had things that made her find that like a comforting point of view like bad things happen and it's nobody's fault you yeah know?
0: i think that a lot I, yeah i do think that in a way as you get older there's a lot of things that you didn't find you found you thought that were simplistic when you were a kid. I guess this isn't that big of a revelation but things that you thought were simpler when you were a kid or like movies that didn't make you cry when you were a kid and you watch them again and you're like bawling like it's just like you know you get more oh god I watched La Bamba the other day oh wow uh for you know I've seen it before uh-huh. but I just hadn't
1: watched it in a while and just bawled my eyes out <laughs> so sad it's so good yeah it's so amazing it's such a great movie and yeah
0: and it made me cry so hard (laughs) um well i think i think we're about that's about everything we've got for now yeah (laughs) that's it you want to trade animals (laughs) sure okay lobster two wolf yes the wolf and the lobster at home at last. <laughs> you said it was like a Game of Thrones title. It is. <laughs> the song of Wolves wolf. and <laughs> <officer>. <laughs> Uh That does it for us this week. We'll uh, see you next week on Girls in Hoodies. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on Podcasts.